0: Hello and welcome to Movie Autopsy, I'm Paul Culliver.
1: And I'm Anthony McCormack. You know, Paul, this movie today comes from legendary child author Roald Dahl. <laughs> He's not a child, but he writes for children. Uh, such classic hits as Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach... Uh, as well as the legendary child uh, movie for children, uh, James Bond's You Only Live Twice. What? Is that true? That sounds made up. All of his stories were made up, Paul. He was a fiction writer. Our movie today is... The BFG.
0: So, I don't know if... Has Steven Spielberg ever teamed up with Disney before? Is this a first?
1: It, yeah, I feel like there are so many firsts going on behind the scenes. Mm. I, and by firsts, I mean seconds, because, <laughs> well, well, number one, you've got Melissa Matheson, who is the writer of E.T. So Steven Spielberg oh. and Melissa Matheson have teamed up again, you know, for the first time in however many years. Um, and it was very, very sad to lose her, So, and this movie is dedicated to her as well as the Walden Media and Disney apparently the back room you know people in suits and ties right and they were together on the Narnia movies and um and and they did they, they got halfway through those and then they forgot you know I hey, do we have a script for the next one no <laughs> Barry was supposed to be writing that Were
0: right, but the Narnia movies Disney or were they
1: Disney Walden Media ah oh. and i i think one of them was it prince Caspian Mm. where it, it might have been Disney I might be mangling the story right but Disney might have said, you know what Walden you take you go make your movie you, you don't need to make it with us right, right And so Disney and Walden haven't been together until this BFG uh... has brought all sorts of people back together wow. again.
0: And uh, one particular return of collaboration with Steven Spielberg. I just looked it up. In fact, he's what about twenty nine films to his name. Mm-hmm. First one with Disney, isn't that amazing? Wow! Uh, but I was looking at the BFG, the Big Friendly Giant, and I was like, he looks a bit familiar. He looks a bit like um like Mark Rylance, the uh yeah, yeah. the uh the Soviet spy in Bridge of Spies. You know, he sounds a bit like Mark Rylance, the um, the Soviet spy in Bridge of Spies. And then I mm. looked up um, IMDb. Turns it, out it, the BFG, BFG is um, he's played by Mark Rylance, <laughs> the Soviet spy from Bridge of Spies. <laughs> of course, Spielberg's last film. So I really liked it. Yeah. That- I don't know where Mark Rylance was plucked from. I think we talked about this. That I, I kind of yeah, quite enjoyed his performance, but he like
1: he's mad theater. I believe. Yeah. Okay. And so, I like
0: that Spielberg sort of found him in a way. I don't know if he did, but in a a sense brought him to the fore with Bridge of Spies.
1: And that's what I think Mark Rylance actually has on his resume. It's just one piece of paper that says, I'm mad, (laughs) theatre. (laughs) <laughs> and Steve- S- Sir Stevens I always feel like saying Sir Steven Spielberg. Yeah. And I think I blame it entirely on the opening to Goldmember, the Austin Powers. <laughs> We're just out of nowhere, Austin Powers refers to him as Sir Steven Spielberg. Well,
0: you're very good with your sirs, because whenever we talk about uh, Ridley Scott...
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, Sir Ridley, yeah. Yeah.
0: Whenever <laughs> we talk about Alec Guinness...
1: Oh, yeah, Sir Alec.
0: Yeah, yeah. you're very good with them. I'm, I have, I pay no heed.
1: Yeah, there, there's some. I'm trying to think of one that has definitely turned it down. I, I have a feeling Gary Oldman w- really? was offered a sir, and he said, "That's not, that's not for me." In whatever voice he was yeah. feeling like talking that like, day, I
0: won't get a, I won't get a knighthood until everyone gets a
1: knighthood. <laughs> well, Paul, what do you mean, everyone? Everyone.
0: <laughs> I may have, was it everybody? Anyway, that's so, a, that's a um. Uh, Leon, the professional I, reference <laughs> I,
1: I get excited by people like Mark Rylance Where you're hearing about them for the first time mm. But you do get a sense that all the actors you have heard of Are looking up to Mike, R- yeah. Mark Rylance saying oh, I wish I was Mark Rylance do
0: You know, what I feel like I could be entirely wrong But I feel like his trajectory maybe Is a little bit like Tarantino's man What's his name?
1: you're not thinking of John Travolta, are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking of Blofeld, new Blofeld. Um,
1: oh, Christoph
0: Waltz. Yeah. Don't you reckon? Like, not American. Yes. Put in a film by a big filmmaker and then kept being kept used and you're like, holy shit, where'd this guy come from? So yeah. yeah
1: where 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 a lot of people were looking at Christoph Waltz in the Tarantino movie saying, oh, we should cast him in our movie. I reckon Sir Steven Spielberg was looking at Mark Rylance in the Spielberg movie <laughs> and saying, oh, I should cast him in my other movie.
0: <laughs> but I think he makes it. Now that, I, like, oh. I think if he hadn't- I wonder even if BFG was already in the works before, my, yep, before yep. like, Spielberg knew who Mark Rylance was and that he wanted to work with him. Because, like, thinking about it now, like, the warmth and everything that he brings to that character. Yes, Let's get- Shall we get into it?
1: On, on paper, I think it's a very good fit. And then when you see the movie and you see Mark Rylance doing BFG, mm. it's just a million times better. Yeah,
0: it's really good. The more I reflect on it, the more I go, yeah. Like, I, I, I was almost taking it for granted as I was watching it. Yeah. And when I'm si- sitting back going, oh, that was good.
1: That, yeah, and and to me the book I I it was uh, it's been a very long time since I've read the yeah, book. Me too. But the book to me is that the BFG is as warm and lovely as the other giants are. A horror movie, basically, they're terrifying, mm. and so I was kind of interested to see are they going to go in the horror movie kind of way? Because I mean, the, you look at Steven Spielberg, the first Jurassic Park, you know how scary that is. Vis-a-vis how scary the second one is, yeah. where he, he's made a deliberate effort to say, maybe let's not scar children for life. <laughs> and, and so, I was kind of interested in a story where, uh, like, Roald Dahl is one of those authors that loves scarring children for life. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be an interesting marriage. And I, I feel like definitely the warmth of the BFGs there. Mm. They went in an interesting direction with the Giants. I feel, I feel, which uh, we'll get into okay, when we well do. Let's, we'll do it. Let, now, let's get into look, it. Look,
0: I think uh, just in terms of if people uh, are like at this point, like, we haven't got to spoilers territory yet. Should we go see the film? Yeah, I think like I think most is in it. F- uh, you're gonna get the most out of it if you're a kid. I think like yes. you're not you're not getting like a Pixar level of like adult entertainment. Yes. in this movie. I've- There's a lot of magic and wonderment, and if you read the book as a kid, or so if you love Roald Dahl as an adult, I reckon you'll love it. But it's not. It's not as fulfilling. It's not as it's not a hearty meal in terms of adult viewing. I think.
1: I think there are two kind of there are there are three. Let's say three levels. Yeah. Right. And one level is is it constantly good, Mm. right? Or is it peaks and troughs? And for me, it was peaks and troughs. There were parts of the movie that were flecks of solid gold, and there are other movies, other parts of the this one movie. (laughs) That um, fell like you know not not flat but kind of mute I guess. Um, and then less the, peaky, less peaky. And then the other side of it is, was it as was it super tight? And there there were some bits that I felt were maybe a little loosey goosey. Yeah, that's true. Where if you're a kid, you're enjoying that and you don't mind so much.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's get into it. We're going to talk about it in depth. Uh, there's going to be spoilers, but. I guess the best way for there to be no spoilers... Is if you've
1: seen the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I went through a Roll dial phase and I read, like, all the books. But I and, but I only vaguely remember it all. But it's yeah. funny that um, the story's actually very simple. There's not that much to the story. And yes. I remember... Although maybe, maybe there's more in the book. Maybe the book is more. I can't remember. This movie makes it seem like it's very simple and they're almost grasping at straws ...to fill out a movie with story. Yeah. Because uh, it goes for, I think... Actually, it runs somewhere between hour 45 and two. Like, it runs for a decent duration.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but- I, I found it kind of interesting that they went a kind of a Wizard of Oz way with it. Yeah. In the sense of when... and And, and it kind of calls into question the reality of the movie, too... Because at the start of the movie, you see little Sophie, little orphan Sophie, um, open her window and scream out the window at some drunks who mm. are walking out of the pub. And because and, I know intellectually in my head who are playing the voices of the Giants. And right. the, the I assume they're doing the balls all over them, you know, Andy circusing it up. Yeah. Um, so, I know that Jermaine Clement is in there. I know, uh, is it Bill Hader? Bill Hader's one of them. Yeah, Um. And for whatever reason, the the face, the the shape of the face of the main guy that they have at the head of the pack, right, where he's looking up and he's like, hello there, little girl. And she's all, don't you, little girl, me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's a distinctive face. I think he was in... Um not Charlie in the chocolate factory but Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory the new one. Oh
0: yeah yeah. I oh, was he- oh, oh,
1: switch that, reverse it. Willy Wonka is the Gene Wilder one. Oh yeah. And Charlie is the Johnny Depp one. Yeah. So he was in the new one. Yeah. Um as someone's father. <laughs> and then, but then later on when you see the giants and you see a giant with exactly his distinctive shaped head and you say all these giants are the drunken louts from the pub, Paul. Oh,
0: I did not make that connection. Yeah, clever. Oh, so wait, wait—that's a what do you say, Wizard of Oz thing? Yeah, Wizard yeah. of Oz.
1: Yeah, and wow. you were there, and you were there. So, because um, I was trying to get the the people in shadow in the background, and I thought I could make out a bit of Jermaine Clement face, but he Jermaine, Jermaine Clement is becoming very quickly. He might have even become already. I don't even know. My favorite go-to villain for this kind of fantasy yeah, movie.
0: he's pretty great. I mean, what, what's he got now? Men in Black 3.
1: The first 10 minutes of Men in Black 3 are just wonderful to what me. What else has he the, got? The rest of the movie is pretty good too, but those first 10 minutes... Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. I might just be basing it entirely on the first ten minutes of Men in Black Three. I
0: mean, also, he's—I mean—he's kind of villainous in what we do in the shadows.
1: Yes, the but set. and that's that's where he's very good at. Um, and and that you can absolutely see why he is the the he's the main one in this in this movie, isn't he? The main evil giant. I
0: couldn't figure out who was who to be honest. which yeah. would seem weird because usually Jermaine's voice, while very malleable is usually still very distinctive and I didn't yeah. actually pick up on it which I guess is a credit to him for being able Oh yeah, yeah
1: he's to like disguise. a chameleon but um to be able to do the menace but also bring the comedy out in it as well mm. that mm. these these giants and it 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 does kind of change the tone of the story that these giants aren't terrifying mm. I I don't know I don't know if you are a kid if these giants are terrifying you you know I, I might be speaking out of school. Maybe they are terrifying. I find yeah, them. Yeah,
0: it's like, well, I was talking to my three year old niece who came along to see it. And mm-hmm. uh, in the conversation, it was like, was it scary? Yeah. But I wasn't like, it wasn't that scary, was it? Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's the things so where it's like, oh, it's the giant. Oh, my like, what is this? But then it was like, ah, oh, it's fine. It's a friendly giant. It wasn't yeah. too scary. I yeah. didn't overplay kind of the horror elements.
1: I, um, I, there's something about the book, this is the feeling I remember as a kid, where when you find out all of this giant stuff has been going on this whole time, there's something in you that's like, well, I guess that's just the way the world is. Yeah. I knew there was something off about the world, and now I know what it is. It's these giants who are eating people, and that's fine, I accept that now. And then when you have that late development in the story of Sophie being all like, we're going to we're going to tell the queen what's going on mm. the queen needs to know and that becomes almost farcical how far that goes like you're kind of saying to yourself hang on if this happened <laughs> i would have heard about it you know um and and that to me was really good story wise because you were so addicted to this terrible world where people where giants were eating children yeah that when things start to turn out for the better, you start. So there's some sort of stakes there where you're like, but we can't possibly make things
0: better, can we? Now that I think about it, though, that's also feeds into the whole dream sequence kind of idea that it's like, oh, I got taken to giant land and then we went to see the queen and yeah. then there were farting corgis. Like, it all <laughs> kind of yeah. just goes, you were dreaming. I yeah. Think. But then she does wake up, like, and she's been what? Um, this is the I, I like the I like the theory of she it was all a dream yes but also she does wake up and she
1: is in the royal palace yeah yeah
0: maybe she was just a princess all along and the whole yeah. thing was I don't know <laughs> that's a bit silly but um
1: you he, know yeah. y- you know Steven Spielberg actually if he had gone with his original intended ending mm. which was Sophie walks out of the room but the camera lingers on the bedside table where there's a spinning <laughs> top. <laughs> but then Inception came out, and Steven Spielberg said, "Well, I can't do that now."
0: But then a corgi farts, and the top
1: falls over. <laughs> I am um, who uh, Jones, something Jones, minister for whatever. Well, the second the the Queen gets introduced, and it's 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 been a long time since I've seen that Doctor Who episode. Is it Bri- It's not Bridget Jones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who are we talking about?
1: She's the she's the prime minister from Doctor Who, but we don't know that she's the prime minister <laughs> when we first meet her. Oh. Uh, he, M- M- Matty Jones is so, that who
0: she is in this movie?
1: Yeah, that the the actress who plays the queen is the same actress.
0: Oh, she's the queen. She's the prime minister in Doctor Who. Oh, I thought you were saying the other woman was the prime minister, but she's more just like the assistant. In the
1: yeah, chair. yeah. The, the the so she's Rebecca Hall. Is Rebecca Hall British? Isn't she? I always thought that she was American. Has she tricked me? <laughs> in the same way that Stuart Wilson tricked me <laughs> all those years ago. I
0: Feel like we're getting into. All right. Yeah, uh, it's, it is
1: esoteric, Terry. We're
0: getting, I, we're getting super esoteric. That's all right. Uh she.
1: I want to comment she's on born in London. Born go. in London. Get out of here, Rebecca Hall. You trixie. Um, she,
0: you know what? Uh, you know what she's got on her CV. <laughs> what
1: has
0: she got? Well, on I'm th- not sure, but yeah. if I had to guess, yeah, mad theatre,
1: mad theatre, <laughs> mad theatre, comma, mad talking skills, in brackets, <laughs> yank, in close brackets,
0: in more brackets, maddest theatre. <laughs> <Maddest laughs> uh, all right. So okay. So
1: uh, wait, where are we? We've got we've got a queen where are we what are we doing? you know what I love is that the the original book of, it 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 becomes more obvious to me seeing it on the screen okay how much this story is a celebration of England and britain and and those you know english Oh, for sure um and it's so weird to see this movie immediately after brexit
0: yes yeah, yeah we watched it we we saw it what three days after the brexit result. Yes. Um, and uh, imagine if people were listening to this now be like, sorry, European Union? What's that?
1: I yeah, know. yeah. Well, once upon a time, there was, there was a sit down, kiddies. We'll tell you all about the European Union. You didn't know you were getting into that when you downloaded do this you podcast, think, did do you? Do you
0: think Giant Land would have voted to remain or leave?
1: <laughs> but Giant Land definitely leave. I reckon the BFG would be a remain vote.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. The BFG is Scotland, basically.
0: Um, we, we've. Oh, he's, he's Scotland. Yes, salt the other- of the earth,
1: decent human being, Scotland.
0: <laughs> as opposed to,
1: as about, you know, I mean the other giants, they're drunken louts. It's Wizard of Oz.
0: <laughs> what would he say about remaining? He'd be like, "Oh, we've got a r- 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 remainseals in the <laughs> <laughs> the, the uripal." Union stuffles
1: they they did the language very well, and Mark Rylance, like at no point am I like they're putting in a word just for the sake of putting in a mm, word mm. like they that was all seamless and and my favorite part of this whole movie for me was dreamland or dream country, whatever you want to call it,
0: yeah, well, I thought that was if anything I was kind of that's when I felt like the movie was dragging a bit, I was like, yeah, right. oh, yeah. Alright, it's dreams, I get it. I don't know, I just- I, To be honest, the whole movie I was kind of just left kind of wondering what the point was. Yeah. And like, where are we gonna do- And then when the finally the point felt like, oh, we're gonna use the British troops to expel the giants. Yes, and deal with yeah. them. It was like, oh, we'll have a 20 minute scene at the Queen's place eating food. Yeah. So, but no, please, please ruminate on the dream. Not to take that away from you, but- yeah. Uh,
1: well that to me the eating food scene very much dragged. Yeah. Yeah, where it's kind of like oh there's this incredible but I remember that happening in the book too where it's like oh there's this crisis that we need to get onto it's immediately kind of bizarre. and then they just sit and eat food for Which adds
0: more. to the dream thing again.
1: Yes. Cuz if it in does real life, feel really dreamy.
0: Yeah, it's like oh we've got to go shoot those bad guys but first we'll eat some crumpets and
1: I I liked the I I don't know if you get the sense in the movie cuz it was about halfway through the movie and I'm like oh I remember the logic of this now where the way that the BFG made dreams was a little bit the way that Roald Dahl makes and like any like George's marvelous medicine where it's like oh it has to kick in at noon so I'll set an alarm clock for 12 and then throw that in the pot and mix it yeah, into the yeah. potion as well. So, just like, you know, I, I want the dream to say a certain thing, so I'm going to take this from Dream A, this from Dream yeah, B, yeah. and mix them all together in a blender kind of thing, where where that's the kind of thing that he would do anyway. And I remember as a kid, if, if, if this is a part of the story, I hope it is, but I remember as a kid thinking, what does he do with the parts of the dreams he, he doesn't use? The oh, The leftovers. The leftovers.
0: Maybe he just, you know, puts in it a bottle and
1: what what the dream the in dream country thing was for me was the the menace where no all the rest of the movie seemed very safe yeah. and fun. And yeah. the dream country was kind of like when one dream turns into a nightmare mm. and the music goes a little and then Sophie's still chasing after it and I'm all like, Sophie, what are you doing? That's a nightmare, don't catch the nightmare. You know what I mean? Mm. And then the BFGs all like, "Oh, you give that to me." And then the second is in a jar. It's like oh, I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> but for a little second there, I was like, "Oh, this is exciting!" It's like that—you know—you're in a natural environment where things are uh, coming out of leaves. I don't know how that whole worked. <laughs> and and the it, it was all like the mirror level of a lake, but you go into the lake, and it's not a lake; it's dry. But it's upside down and it's mirrored, and that's where all the dreams are. And I was like, that's cool. I it's been a while since a mainstream movie has shown me something geographically I don't understand. Yeah. And it kind of makes up too for where's Giant Country? And it's like Giant Country is there, and he just points off the map, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. And you're like, if they I, I get what they're doing, and that's very clever, but if they had a bigger map. It'd just be, you know, his finger is on an actual place. <laughs> it's you Gibraltar, know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> giant yeah.
0: Land is Gibraltar.
1: <laughs> it's like, did Gibral- does Gibraltar know that they are giant land? They really should be told.
0: Yeah, I was kind of yeah. Part of me was like, this is um, part. Of- <laughs> this would be a great sketch, actually, where they drop all the giants off, and they're like, "We've left the giants on a secluded island." And then Mark Hamill
1: just turns around and says, what the hell are you guys doing here? <laughs> <laughs> they drop in, like, snozcumbers and snozcumber seeds. Yeah. Right? And presumably the idea behind that is eat the snozcumbers. Yeah. And then when you, ad- when you finish those, by that time, you'll have planted the seeds and they'll have grown more. Yeah. The only problem is all the snozcumbers that they drop seem to explode.
0: Well, they're going to have to get licking. Licking? Licking. (laughs) Lick lick that cumber up.
1: And do they go off, I would imagine, quite quickly? I guess so. So, then they have no food. It's interesting, though, that- Maybe
0: they eat one of them first.
1: It's interesting that the the giants are unequivocally, right, people who- Let's call them foreigners, who come into our lands- Yeah. Take our children out of their beds and eat them. Yes. Right? Like murder. Straight up murder. And for fun. Like they're not like, oh we gotta eat to survive. They're like, oh children's good. So
0: they're the European Union.
1: (laughs) What I'm saying is (laughs) what I'm saying is this is what the Giants are up to. At the end of the movie, the UK still treat the giants more humanely. Then say, Syrian refugee. I, I Like, I don't want to turn this political, Paul, but it's, I, I know here in Australia, if we get people coming from war-torn countries, mm. we're not putting them on an island and giving them heaps of vegetables. <laughs> or are we? I don't know.
0: I think we are. I think that's exactly what <laughs> that's Australia exa- does.
1: Exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Here are some <laughs> seeds.
0: I mean, it was also it said in the 80s, because, I mean, the one joke for the adults is... Um, hi, Nancy, can you wake up Ron?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, Ron's sleeping on the job.
0: Yeah, he likes doing that? I don't mm. know what I'm saying. Um, uh, yeah, that was a weird, like, did this- Wait, when did Roald Dahl write his books? Did this book come out in the 80s?
1: I, well, I guess so. I'm confused. That's a good question.
0: Like, in my mind, like, I just assumed all these books were written decades ago. Like, I just would have assumed that Roald Dahl wrote... I, this, is, this is a complete naivete. I was just would have been like, I don't know, like wartime, post-war, pre-war.
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't disagree at all.
0: What do you reckon? Do you want to bet? I don't know, though. So...
1: <laughs> I, uh, I've just updated my iOS. Yeah. And because my phone is so old, I lose letters now when I type. So, I'm, I don't know what you're searching for, but I'm searching for BFG book poolish. <laughs> when, was I, I it, searched, when was it poolish? I searched BFG novum. <laughs> novum.
0: <laughs> I've got the answer.
1: Okay, we might have to go with yours because I just lost my battery. It's an old phone. 1982. You see, that feels very recent to me. An
0: expansion of a short story from a 1975 book.
1: Oh is it um Danny the Champion of the champion World Champion of the Great. World. There you go. So cuz I think i
0: pretty recent, isn't it? So when I read it, it would have only been like 15 years old or something. Yeah, assuming, you know, whenever I wrote it. I read it. Never wrote it, just so you know. Uh yeah, well there you go. I look, I don't know the other thing we saw this in 3D and I think it actually benefited from I still have my issue with it not being bright enough. Just 3D yeah. projections are not bright enough, but Definitely looked great on. I actually wonder if it was shot in three D or the fact that because it, it was so much with CGI that yeah, benefits yep. from it anyway. Because the whole conversion thing, blah blah blah, doesn't usually yep. work that well. Yep. Um, but it looked great in three D. I thought, like, I think, it really benefited from that. kind of because it was. You know, I really liked like lots of very dark. Kind of purples and dark blues and all that sort of hues and the the street lights and the yes and the the cobblestones and all that kind of little shadow but all in three D looked really nice it, and yeah. BFG to be honest I think my favourite sequence is BFG like getting out of London with all the secret like with his yeah. with his horn thing his trumpet and the and the cloak and everything that was great it was so good
1: Are they the when he blows the dream into the little boy's room. And it's the dream about the president is ringing just for him. Yeah, that's and adorable. And <laughs> it's like, no, 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 sir, you'd just muck it up if you did it your way. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that that, was a very tight scene to me. That was yeah. perfectly rendered, perfectly.
0: I was going to say, because that's kind of the only time we sort of see a dream in play, isn't it? Yeah. Although, and- I just realized, maybe this is a theory, because obviously this book has been around for 34 years... Mm-hmm. that the whole thing is a dream, that the BFG- Is that what you were getting at?
1: Yeah, it de- the movie definitely seems to flirt with that idea, but the I think.
0: B- Maybe she saw the BFG in that first scene and he blew that whole dream into her brain, the whole I re- movie?
1: I remember the, um, the genius idea of how do we tell the Queen about this is that- I, I remember that being- it- it's interesting that It seemed truncated in the movie where the movie was trying to make up its time. It was trying to bulk up. But it wasn't it in the book that they caught on the idea of we can tell her everything that she needs to know in a dream. And then one of them, whether it's the BFG or whether it's Sophie. And Sophie was a really good character in this. The very first two minutes of the movie where it's like the the, um, the woman, the orphanage lady, uh, the Carol Burnett. Of this particular movie. Yeah. Um, she forgets to lock the door because she gets distracted by the catalogue. Mm. And then it's Sophie who's like, you know, t- three, two, one. And then she goes up and locks the door. So, it's obvious that she does this every single night. Yeah, yeah. And she's organising the mail. And it's just like, like, th- this idea of this young person that's so ultra capable.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So, I really like that. So, it it makes sense to me that it's her character saying, oh, but here's a problem with that, is that if she wakes up, she'll go, oh, yeah, that was a terrifying dream, but it was just a dream where they come up with the plan of, well, the way to convince her that it's not a dream is if the dream ends with you on her windowsill, and then she wakes up and you're still there on her windowsill. So, it makes sense to me that it's Sophie's character that comes, you know, she's formulating the plan, then she sees the hitch in her own plan of how, how do we tell the queen everything we need her to know? We'll do it all in a dream. Oh, but if she wakes up from the dream, she'll be all like, that was a terrifying dream, but good thing it was just a dream, which is where they come cotton onto this idea of, yes, but if the dream ends with you on her windowsill and she wakes up and you're still on her windowsill... That's when you get to say, ah, things are, things are going on, your majesty. <laughs> so, I don't know if that came out in the movie. I don't know if it was especially important for it to come out in the movie. Mm. But for there to be story reasons why they actually, come, you know, go ahead with that plan. He's good. He's good. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: how old do you reckon- So, Ruby Barnhill plays Sophie. Mm-hmm. How old do you reckon Ruby Barnhill is right now?
1: Oh, heavens, I don't even know. She seems very mature, mature brain wise. Mm. So I would say, is it a case where she's actually 30 years old? <laughs> but she's just got like one of those, you know, one of those Jack in reverse diseases yeah, where she looks. Alan re- Page. Yeah, she's Alan Page. Is she Alan Page? <laughs>
0: she is Alan Page. Her, <laughs> oh, okay. her, age. her age today yep. is Alan Page. No, um, <laughs> we actually, I we actually went to lunch with the, some of the people uh, we went to see the movie with um, and we were all talking about this and they would decide, they, not in a questioning way, they're all like, oh, she was probably, that, she would have been 15, you know, dressed to look, sorry, I don't mean to do voices of the people, my friends no, that yeah, I was hanging yeah, out with, but yeah. uh, that sounds really mean. They won't hear this podcast, it's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they were all like, oh, she was definitely 15 and then like, you know, played younger. I looked it up. I'm like, oh, oh, really, really. Her birthday is in July, 2004. So she's about to turn 12. Get as out we of record here. this, she's about to turn 12.
1: Get out and of she's here! Me-
0: meant to be 10 in this movie, so I mean, yeah. she does very well.
1: Oh, so she is older, pretending to be younger. Ah, <laughs> oh, we're under year Ruby,
0: but when she filmed it, yeah, she probably would have been
1: 10. I there's something I get excited about, which is like the the dual excitement of enjoying her in this movie, but also enjoy like like we're watching basically the next Jodie Foster, like like I'm imagining yeah. Ruby movies for years to come. I'm just like I'm looking at <laughs> there's like Jodie Foster on one side, and and then like on the other side is like a. Like a Lindsay Lohan, I'm looking towards Jodie Foster. Say, <laughs> go that way, Ruby. That way.
0: Um, and then Jacob Tremblay is to me like new Leonardo. Oh
1: from, yeah, from Room. Have you seen Room yet? I um, I haven't yet. I. Uh, uh,
0: if you want to lose all, like just like drop all your emotions all over the floor.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm hearing that kind of thing. I'm preserving my Room <laughs> experience. I'm look. <laughs> I am looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Block out the next three days.
1: So. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Life appraisal. Um, but, yeah. No, it's exciting to see these young actresses. And, but then it's funny when, like, you'll see these clickbait articles, you know, 10 years after the film comes out. You'll be like, where is this actor now? And, like, I looked at, like, the Matilda one and it's, like, really sad because, like, she, like, gave up acting to, like, look after her mum or something.
1: Oh, yeah. And- this is Mara Wilson, isn't mm. it? Yeah.
0: But, I mean, like, but also in many cases it's like, you won't believe what this person's up to now. It's like, oh, they just... Lost interest in acting and now yeah. they're like a welder or something. Yeah, like yeah. they don't—they're happy because they chose to be something else. And I'm like, so we're like, no, be be still an actor <laughs> and be really successful, so that we can be like, oh, we knew that you'd be good. She she might grow up and just do something else. That's true. It's, Like what's his name, Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Yeah. He's just like, oh, once once I die, I'm done.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, yeah, that's true. We might not even get any, you know. But can you imagine a movie with? With Joffrey and, and Ruby together, and and, and I don't know what you would do with that. Maybe one of them is disabled, right? And it's like like um, they, they, they're recently disabled. They're a millionaire. They're recently disabled, and there's like a romance that buds between them.
0: Are you making I- a reference <laughs> to the movie Me Before You? Stare at yeah. Uh, could- starring um, Amelia Clark and that guy from Hunger Games. Yeah, maybe Which is actually the credit that came up on the screen. It- it that like guy from Amelia Hunger Clark. <laughs> <laughs> that guy from Hunger Games. I was like, that's who it was.
1: I. Yeah. What did you think of the BFG? Did you? I- this-, <laughs> this. This is. I. I come from the school of thought. When I was a kid, I watched a lot of terrifying things. And I, did, I didn't I did like it at the time. Right. I was like, why can't they just make a movie that's not terrifying? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I get older- I, I'm older now, and I'm like, oh, no, terrifying was good. Go back to that. Mm. You know what I, I, think I mean? It,
0: I wonder, though, if it's like a Survivor's thing. It's like- because you're like, oh, I went through that traumatic thing, but I'm fine now. And so, yeah. you think of it fondly because you're thinking about how you're fine now despite- I don't know, that's a whole psychological yeah, thing.
1: Yeah, potentially. But it it does- it it. It's the kind of thing of, like, I can watch a TV show or a movie now and I feel nothing. But I, re- <laughs> I, I remember back- <laughs> <laughs>
0: As opposed to any other point of your life, Anthony?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I remember back to when I was a child and I felt extremely like this- Movies would make me feel- Yeah. And and that's where like a like a story like BFG, the reason why BFG, one of the reasons why BFG is so such an compelling character, is that he is the safety in the world of complete and utter unsafety. Mm. Unsafety. That's that's fine. We're going with that. Yeah. Um, so. I, I kind of like if they had to go any other direction with the Giants, I like that they went in that Wizard of Oz, these are the drunken louts that you hear outside your window kind of way with it. But at the same time there's there's something about Oh I don't know. There's something about in, in the oh, this is this is the feeling I had. I'll try and put it into words and maybe you can tell me I'm crazy. In the movie, I have no doubt that the queen is capable of taking these giants down. When they front up to the queen and say, "Your Majesty, Your Majesty's or whatever," uh, we need your we need your help. Mm. At no point am I going. Oh, this isn't going to go well for the queen. You know what I mean? Mm. Whereas in the book, I'm like the queen. The queen is grown up, an adult. And doesn't know that there are things in the world that can hurt even her. Mm. NB giants. And so when they're going to ask the Queen for help, really they're putting the Queen's ass on the line as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the military who are going in after the giants, they're putting them on the line as well. Mm. Like all these people. And it's, it's, you're so used to seeing these fantasy movies where people are like, Oh yeah, uh, we can handle anything. Let's go guys. And then at least six of them have to die <laughs> just to prove how much of a threat it is. Yeah, you-, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: it's kind of so- I think that's was my problem with this film is that it was like, "Hey queen, can we do this thing?" Yeah, cool. All right, let's eat for 20 minutes. All right, we'll go get them. Oh, we got them. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was no real there were stakes, but the stakes didn't feel high. Yeah. Yeah. Low was- stakes.
1: Low stakes.
0: Fun. But um, I mean, ultimately, like a lovely movie. But I like I definitely put it on for kids. But it's not something I'm going to be as an adult rewatching anytime
1: soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's where the part as an adult that I enjoyed was going to Dream Country. Yeah. Because I felt like there there was something there that I'd never seen before. And e- even reading the book, I'm like, I don't even know what Dream Country looks like. And yeah. to see it on a movie in such a creative way.
0: Yeah, that was pretty wonderful. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, that's our movie autopsy for The Boothka. The Boothka. The BFG. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, also on Twitter. Uh, we're at Movie Autopsy for both those things. Mm-hmm. Subscribe on iTunes to the podcast. Get new episodes every week for new movies that come out. We'll do it.
1: I love that once upon a time the witching hour was 12 o'clock, but now our kids are staying up later and later, Paul. It's around 3 a.m.
0: I always thought the witching hour was 3 a.m. I didn't oh, understand that line.
1: Oh, okay i'm I'm old school i'm I don't understand either,
0: <laughs> yeah that I thought that line was weird. I got confused, but I guess it would make more sense in the context of your parents having told you about the witching hour.
1: yeah, the witching hour is the hour you need to be in bed so your parents you know can have a shred of sanity <laughs>
0: <laughs> and not turn into witches. Yes, yeah, I always thought three was the witching hour. It makes so much more sense.
1: you remember the visit? You need to be in bed before the witching hour because that's when oh, your man. grandparents turn a bit.
0: <laughs> uh, go back and listen to our visit episode. <laughs> uh, it was um, actually it was fun. That was a fun episode because we just unloaded
1: on it so hard. Yeah, yeah. I, there were things I enjoyed about it when yep. it ended. Yeah,
0: you can. <laughs> hey, okay. you can hear that in that episode.
1: Ah, I've been Paul Culliver I've been Anthony McCormick we'll see you next time see you then